Like Bob on Facebook at facebook.com slash Live. And welcome back to Bob Bernie Live. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for joining me. Here's my telephone number, 877-BOB-LIVE. 877-262-5483. This is one of the most fascinating, unusual stories that I have seen in a long, long time. For many, many years, I have heard rumors, conspiracy theories about what happened to the uh, the instruments of worship in the temple, the second temple, the temple during Jesus' time in Jerusalem. Uh, we know that Jerusalem was destroyed by the Romans in 70 A.D., and there has been just hundreds of of theories, ideas, conspiracy theories about what happened to the temple vessels. Uh, the table of showbread, the uh, the golden candlestick, the, uh, the elements uh, that were used for uh, uh, the sacrifices. And, of course, the ultimate is the Ark of the Covenant, which, you know, Indiana Jones and all of that stuff. There are hundreds of theories about where the Ark of the Covenant went and so forth. All of those theories have fascinated me, just fascinated me. Well, one of those theories that I never paid much attention to was the theory, the uh, story, the legend that many, if not most, of the temple vessels are actually at the Vatican. I've read that for years, and I thought, ah, nah, nah. Well, evidently, there was some pretty compelling evidence being unearthed recently that indicate there is a great deal of evidence that many, if not most, of the temple vessels, including the golden candlestick, are in the possession of the Vatican, and have been there for many, many centuries. In my hand is the 13-page article from a well-respected source, and here's the headline. Is there new evidence of Jewish temple treasures in the Vatican? The headline continues. There are several people alive that can personally attest to being eyewitnesses of the Vatican possessing temple vessels, including the menorah candelabra, or the golden candlestick, as most of you would call it. Uh, The story is from the Jerusalem Report. And uh, the story begins, pretend for a moment that the Vatican has in its possession some sacred and precious relics that were originally in the Herodian Jewish temple located in Jerusalem 1,950 years ago. And then it goes on talking about popes in the 14th century, uh, Emperor Vespasian uh, in Rome in 455 AD. I mean, it goes on and on and on. Again, it's 13 pages long. 
But some of the most compelling evidence presented in this article are eyewitnesses within the last 50 to 60 years of people who have actually, and and what they're saying is, these vessels are hidden in a cave way, way, way. And, And most of you know that the Vatican was built on Roman ruins. Many people believe that it was built uh, on one of the uh, palaces of Caesar, um, d- different theories about which Caesar and so on and so forth. But we know that they have done massive digs underneath the Vatican, and we know that there are a massive array of tunnels, caverns, and so forth under the Vatican. And most of it is very, very secret. Well, this article, and again, it's 13 pages long, indicate that there are several people who are eyewitnesses through one circumstance or another that they have actually seen these elements. And uh, one person who saw it was asked, are there temple vessels from the uh, Temple of Herod, the 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 first century temple, in, and again, this is the temple that was there when Jesus was in Jerusalem, and their response was almost all of them. Now, no one is claiming that the Ark of the Covenant is there. No one is claiming that the Ark of the Covenant is there, but they are claiming with Again, some very, and I'm not going to go through all of the the article because, again, it's 13 pages long, but some very compelling evidence that the Vatican has been in possession of these vessels since probably around 200 A.D. When the Romans sacked Jerusalem, destroyed the temple, the Romans took the uh, the vessels from Uh, from the temple and so forth, stored them away, and somehow the Vatican took possession. Now, one of the more interesting things about this article, who do these vessels, these holy instruments, these pieces of worship from the Herodian temple, who do they belong to? And if it is proven that the Vatican actually does have these vessels. What does that do to the relationship with Israel? Does Israel have a legal, a moral, and a religious right to these vessels? And if it were proven, if this actually became public, would the nation of Israel have a legal right to claim these things that were obviously stolen, taken from the temple in Jerusalem? And because of that, well, in fact, let me read just one tiny little part of this 13-page report. In the meantime, a team of lawyers and ambassadors associated with the Jerusalem Center for Public Affairs are joining me, this is the writer of the article, in this undertaking as I meet up with the Department of World Religions at the Israeli Ministry of Foreign Affairs, as well as the Papal Nuncio to Israel, Archbishop Adolfo Tito Yilano. 
My aim ultimately is to identify the sacred items mentioned above at the Vatican by cross-referencing them with the earliest acquisitions of the Vatican, including the 12th, 13th century, and so forth, as they appear in their original inventory listings. The uh, author of this article believes that there are written inventories somewhere in the Vatican that actually list what articles from the temple are being held at the Vatican. Quote, it's interesting to note that this manifest can be found in the papal secret archive located behind a heavy door at the end of a corridor on the lower floor in the Tower of the Winds, originally built in 1578. Uh, Only the chief prefect has the key. This inventory list actually predates the time when the popes first used the Vatican as a place of residence, residence beginning in 1377. And then the last uh, few pages of the article deals with the political ramifications if these things are actually proven to be true. As I said, I have read some of these claims for years, never paid much attention to them, really didn't give any credence until this. This article is very compelling Uh, Does this absolutely prove that the Vatican actually has in their possession most of the holy vessels from the temple that was destroyed by the Romans in 70 A.D.? No, it does not. But it is the most compelling evidence that I've ever read. Fascinating. I'm going to keep my eye on that story, and if anything develops... I will pass it along to you. You're listening to Bob Bernie Live, my number 877 Bob Live. Follow Bob on Twitter at twitter.com slash Bob Bernie Live. Welcome back to Bobberty Live. I uh, I honestly want to handle this story delicately, and and I will. But imagine for a moment that you were taught and you honestly believed that baptism was a real vital part of your salvation. Baptism was an essential element of your salvation, and of course your salvation determines your eternal destiny. Okay? This is what you've been taught, and you believe with all your heart that your baptism is an essential ingredient in your salvation. And then to find out that your baptism was, well, incorrect. It didn't work. It uh, was wrong. It was, uh, well, it was not proper. And because of that, it doesn't count. I could think of some fancy theological terms, but the bottom line, it doesn't count. This just happened in Phoenix, Arizona. 
And it is a strange, bizarre story. And again, I want to handle this in a delicate way. I, I do not want to offend, but my goodness. Here's the story. Let me read the first paragraph of the story, and then I'll get into it. A priest has resigned from a Catholic church in Phoenix, Arizona, after it was determined he incorrectly performed thousands of baptisms for decades by changing one word. Father Andres Arango resigned from St. Gregory Catholic Church in Phoenix after it was determined he used the words, now listen carefully, when he baptized these thousands of people over decades, he said, we baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. He was supposed to say, I baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Now, again, I I, I want to be careful here, but I think most reasonable people would say, what difference does that make? Well, the bishop of the Diocese of Phoenix says it makes all the difference in the world, and it cancels thousands of baptisms because one word was incorrect. Here is a statement from the Diocese of Phoenix. The issue with using we is that it is not the community that baptizes a person. Rather, it is Christ and him alone who presides at all of the sacraments. So it is Christ Jesus who baptizes. Well, but the priest was supposed to say, I baptize. Hmm. Interesting. Um, All of the baptisms that he has performed until June 17th of 2021, going back 20 years, the Diocese of Phoenix has declared to be incorrect. The diocese told USA Today that Arango performed thousands of baptisms during his time in his priestly ministry. As a result, the priest has resigned. He said, quote, It saddens me to learn that I have performed invalid baptisms throughout my ministry as a priest by regularly using an incorrect formula. I deeply regret my error and how this has affected numerous people in your parish and elsewhere. With the help of the Holy Spirit and in communion with the Diocese of Phoenix, I will dedicate my energy and full-time ministry to help remedy this and heal those affected. Quote, For those in the Catholic faith, a baptism is a sacrament in which people, typically infants, have water poured over their foreheads, which symbolizes purification and, again I'm quoting, admission to the church. The Diocese of Phoenix said, and I quote, Baptism is a requirement for salvation. That's not my quote. That's the Diocese of Phoenix. So in other words, these thousands of people who were baptized and were generally convinced 
that they had salvation, well, they don't. And they're going to have to be rebaptized where someone uses the correct word of I instead of we. Answering a question on the frequently asked question page, if an invalid baptism would impact those married by the church, the diocese stated, unfortunately, there is no single clear answer. So in other words, it could even impact marriages. Because people, when they are baptized, become a member of the church, and that's marriage is a sacrament as well. So they're not really sure on this, but it could mean that a whole bunch of marriages are invalid as well because the priest said we instead of I. The bishop said he did not believe Arango meant to harm the faithful or deprive them of the grace of baptism and the sacraments. He didn't mean to, but he did. Uh, folks, I, I don't, I don't know whether where you are theologically, but I cannot believe in my study of Scripture and my knowledge of the character of God that God would resist the salvation of someone because of one word in baptism. No, no, can't. No, I can't go there. This. 